0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Little Bits of Stuff, a podcast that showcases different health-related topics for medical professionals and non-medical audiences. This show is brought to you by Nick Ate, a surgical resident at University College Hospital, Ibadan, Nigeria. And here's your host, Nick.
1: And the child sexual abuse series continues in this episode with an anonymous guest on the Little Bits of Stuff podcast show. There is an important information waiting for you at the end of this episode.
2: Um, I was five when I was first abused, and hmm, I didn't know it was called sexual abuse at that point. At the time when I was growing, there was nothing called sexual education, so we really didn't know what was sexual abuse and what was sexual exploitation. We didn't know what anything sexual was. We just knew our sex were females or either um, were either female or male. Yeah, so. At the time I was abused at the age of five, it happened, the first set of abuse happened from the age of five to um, the age of eight. And it happened, it was by um, a neighbor. His house was adjacent, our own house, and he was one of the landlord's many sons. So he would come to our house and play. And we also sometimes go to their compound and play. I mean, our compounds were children friendly because they were really big, a lot of kids on the streets. Would usually love to play in any of those compounds. And he was he was he should have been around 17 at the time. I'm just estimating his age, you not know, like I knew, but I mean we used to call him um uncle, or some people called him brother, so he was quite older than us, so far older than us. He was a teenager. And it happened from 5 to 8. happened many times especially on Saturdays or holidays because those were the times that parents really allowed their kids play and you can go to anybody's compound and all at that time. Parents were barely at home also during those periods because they had to go to work or they had to go to the shop or go to the market. I didn't know it was sexual abuse like I said it was (laughs) it was that Somebody is touching me in a way that I do not like. I do not understand what this is, but this is how I feel about it. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel clean. The second one happened. The second um, phase happened when I was from the age of ten to when I was like fourteen, and. It was by this one was done by a close neighbor and the one that happened when i was five to eight he would come and would we'll probably be um probably other kids are playing somewhere else and then we'll be at a corner and in the in the um name of playing with me he would tell me to pull off my pants and then finger me it happened many times and then the times he would tell me to touch him, he's gonna pull off his trousers and tell me to touch him. It happened times and times. I, at some point, I felt like ah, this wasn't cool. I didn't know who to talk to because growing up, my dad used to um, be the one to bat us, and he never did any of that. So that was very strange for someone else to do that. Um, my, our parents they didn't really teach us the sexual abuse. Thing or the sexual education of don't let any uncle touch you or anything. If anybody touches you, report to me. It wasn't there when I was growing up. All we knew was from what the Bible had said, the Bible says you should stay away from sin, flee fornication, and all that. Those were the things that we actually knew. And then we knew about incest when um, a family member um, has sexual um, relationship with another family member. But we didn't know what sexual abuse was, or molestation. What well, the things that led to <laughs> this whole sexual abuse thing was play. Oh, go and play with um, uncle this, go and play with brother this, and then we'll go, we'll play and play and play. They notice there's no adult around and there's no no um, parents in, in the scene and they begin to touch. It happened so many times, so many times. There were times that I even, when we we're having our bath, I begin to feel um, like I was injured, probably in the process of the whole thing. Okay. So it went on like that. When I was 10, I was 14 this was known by someone else another neighbor and he was like um, I think he was up to eight years or ten years older than me around that age and he'll come to the house and in playing with me get to pull off his trouser and then push himself on me it happened many times like that and he would get sexually excited by that he would get satisfied after doing that and then it's advanced to the point of oh i have to touch him don't let anybody know about it nobody's coming and then when he gets the footsteps he just quickly stands up and acts like he was playing with me at that point, I was beginning to get especially when I was 14. I was in secondary school then they already started teaching us about um mm. sexual education. So I was beginning to get aware that this thing is really, really wrong, like this is an abuse. Or who could I talk to? No one. I couldn't even talk to the counselors in school. Because you know when you have counselors that are also parents and at the end of everything they are talking about it amongst themselves. So when a teacher comes to the class, the teacher acts in a very funny way. So I'd seen it happen to some other people. I didn't want that to happen to me, so I kept my thing to myself. I didn't talk about it. From ten to fourteen, four years it happened almost every weekend. And it gets a time where he's gonna finger me because he also oh he, um, he would say stuff like sexual abuse is a sin and all um he would say stuff like and we're not doing anything we're not doing anything so let's let me just help you let me just touch you let me just he he just says some very senseless things at that time and oh if you tell anybody i would not um if you tell anybody i'll report to my mom that you did this, I would report to your dad that you did this in school, even when I didn't do anything wrong, so it was more like, let me do this to you, but if you speak about it, I will blackmail you, I would tell your teachers you did this in school, and you know, then, parents would not even confirm, teachers would not confirm before they flog somebody, they just take justice in their hands, they would not ask you if you did it or not, they just go on you, like, they caught you in the crime scene, Meanwhile, they were not even there, they don't even have an idea what happened. And there's this other girl in the compound that I knew was happening to. Because at some point she will come while we were playing, she begins to get very touchy. And because I was now used to being touched without my permission, I would allow it to happen. At some point. We would be playing together, and she says, Oh, let's do this now, let's do this. <sighs> they will begin to finger each other. The things that we're not supposed to do, the things that our parents never taught us to do. We now begin to do it on ourselves and we are both from very strong Christian homes. Where we, Our parents are very strict Christians, not just that they are Christians, they are strict parents. You don't do certain things, you, we didn't teach you to do these things, you must read your book, pass your exams and go to church and all that. Little did they didn't know the things that were happening to their daughters and One time when I was about speaking up about I, I had a conversation and a very upsetting conversation that when my young my elder sister was abused growing up that she told my mom about it or somebody somebody found out what happened and I spoke to my mom. My mom spoke to my dad and my dad flogged her for being around where that kind of thing can happen and he started acting really bad towards her like it was her fault so that alone just made me keep quiet about it i also had primary school secondary schoolmates at some point that were abused and tried to talk about it to teachers and you'd hear them and talk about a child problem in the staff room it was disturbing To like open up to parents and you now hear that oh this person you went to open up to has gone to leak your secret somewhere without finding help for you and you're still living in the same environment with the people who abused you at the point where you know it was an abuse you're still living in that same place with them you're seeing them every day they're going to the mosque they're going to the church and You can't even forgive yourself for the things that had happened and you couldn't fight for yourself. There was nobody to fight for you. So, because of that, I never complained to anybody. I just I just kept it to myself all that time. I didn't say anything. At some point I was threatened by these guys because I mean, if you have to talk about it, it's like. Um, everybody will come at them in the environment and again nobody would even want to believe a girl child at that point so it's like oh it's her fault now what, what was she wearing that time or where was she was she supposed to be there nobody actually accuses the guy because it's supposed to be the girl's fault the girls are supposed to take blame for it at some point I just stayed alone I'll just be alone and I don't want to talk to anybody I don't want anybody to talk to me I was depressed at a very early stage I would see especially when you go to church and you hear preachings like you have to be um, pure you have to be a virgin before you get married you have to be all that and I didn't even understand I was very confused am i still a virgin have i been this virgin being touched this way doesn't make it look like i'm not gonna go to heaven have i have i committed a very heavy crime i began to take their blame on me and i I was very traumatized very very traumatized even when it had ended at the age of 15 one of the times something similar also happened again by a neighbor. Oh and yeah there was a time it happened with my cousins two of my cousins that was the one that always breaks me because it began to happen with them and i gave in they would touch me in certain ways and then actually come on me and It's like, it can be happening with outsiders and then happening in the house. I couldn't talk to anybody in the house about it. I couldn't talk to my parents. I couldn't talk to their parents. And when they say we should go for holiday at their house, I'm usually very scared. I don't want to go. They didn't understand. It looked like I hated my uncle or auntie and probably didn't want to come to their house at that point because of... um, the situation of the entire family at that point. It wasn't that. It was just that I was scared. Like, who was going to defend me if it went worse than what it was at that point? When they come to my house, I'm always very, very conscious, very scared. I can't go to the bathroom alone if. Probably were the only ones in the house and if i'm lying down on the bed and i notice everybody has left the house i'm very conscious because i know that's when they come sometimes at night they would come he would diff- at different times two of them at different times i'm very sure they probably didn't even know they were both doing the same thing to me and then he would come and the next thing yeah sh- sh- keep quiet, like don't say anything um I can't sleep. So it's like, you can't sleep and you want to use me as your lullaby and that happened till I was 16. This is one that I really hate to remember. This one and the one that, had happened when I was five. I really hate to remember this because how do you forgive somebody whose family who does these things and these things traumatized me a lot till I was, in fact, even till now I, I, feel, I feel like I'm still traumatized because when I see little girls and I see older guys around them, I'm usually very protective. I don't want to see a little baby girl, I love, or even if um, she's just a neighbor's child, I really don't want to see her older that is It affected my relationship with people, my relationship with the opposite sex, with older men. I think at some point I began to have daddy issues because yeah, my father wasn't, I mean, he was there, but he wasn't there to protect me from all that was happening. Yes, I did have daddy issues. I did have hate issues towards people. I got angry many times. I'll just get angry. Just, if, 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 if the opposite sex comes to talk to me, I just get angry. I just start talking anyhow. I was rude. I was, I was, I don't, I didn't even like the image that I I, I had of myself. People started staying away from me. I started staying away from people. I became quiet. I was very reserved. I would be in my shells. The moment you try to open that shell and I open up to you and you mistake my vulnerability for weakness, I would just go at you. It was that bad. but Over time, you meet better people, you meet people who mean well and people had helped me. I mean, I'm still not fully where I'm supposed to be, but I've gotten the help that I want. And I had had relationships that I I freaked out many times. I really freaked out many times. But my current relationship has been one of the best things that has happened to me relationship-wise. I felt what it means to be loved and protected and not be used, and I'm, I'm happy it's happening now that I'm grown, I'm able to handle things better, I'm able to heal better. I don't know if there was anything I could have done to prevent it. I sort of believe that whatever was supposed to be would be and what happened happened for a reason probably it's gonna help me be able to protect my baby girls it's gonna help me to protect all the girls i see around and i love it's even gonna help me protect baby boys because later in life we started talking about all our traumas as siblings and we found out that my brother when he was young i i can never forget us that whole thing He, he was told to go and have his bath so our house help was supposed to bat him at that point but all of a sudden he was not found in the entire compound we started looking for him everywhere they didn't see him and he was at the age of four he couldn't really express himself fully at that point so for some reason my dad said let him check the wardrobe and then they found him inside the wardrobe crying why are you crying? Oh, everybody's texting he's crying because he doesn't want to have his bath. He's crying because he doesn't want to have his bath. He's a little boy, he's this and that. But I knew I was the older one and I had my older sister. I knew what could have happened. And when we started talking about these things as adults, you know, spoke about what happened that day. I said I knew what happened he was being molested every time she was batting him every single time he couldn't take it again he had to hide and he knew he couldn't voice out to his parents he wasn't even sure if he could tell his sisters he was ashamed of it he was scared she would threaten to beat him she would to call it his, his lunch money or whatever my mom buys and also it was too much at some point to hear and know all these things that was happening in my environment and when it was time for me to begin my healing process it took a lot for me it took me to trust people again it took me to i mean i had bad trust issues now i trust better now i i believe what people say better than then. so i don't know if i could have prevented it but if my parents were the type of parents i could talk to I'm very sure I would have been able to open up to them about it. Um are there things I would do differently when I have my family? Yes. There are a lot of things I would do differently. And that is get very close to my baby girls and my baby boys. I get close to my sisters' children, my um, neighbours, kids, I'll get close to every little child around me, my nephews, my niece and baby um cousins. I would open up to a lot of young people so they can if, even if they can't talk to their parents, the way I was able to talk to someone else's mom later while I was while I was growing, I, I should be able to I I should be accessible for them to talk to me. Yeah, so I would open up to them. I would not hide myself, myself from them. I would not cage myself from them. I would protect them by allowing them to talk to me. I would allow them make mistakes. Yes, I would not scare them away from me. They, I have to be their best friend first. And, and healing has been good. Now my mom knows about the one that happened when I was five to eight. I didn't tell her. It was my other sister who, one of the times when they had a, 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 I'll call it war of words at home, my other sister got angry and spoke out and said, this is what your children had been going through all their lives. All you guys cared about was this, have good grades, dress well, do this, come out of school first position and all, oh, but your children were messed up they were depressed so that was when my mom got to know about it i didn't tell her how the one that happened when i was 10 to 14 i didn't tell her the one that happened to my cousins i didn't tell her who the other neighbor was and even the one that happened in okay yeah she knew about the one that happened in 2015 because i had to tell her about it and we had to do series of medical tests and all oh, Yes, Omar. Right. Does my dad know? I think when my sister had the confrontation with them, it was mostly because of him. So he knew, but he doesn't have details. But my siblings know. Some of my friends, if like very few of my friends who have also gone through sexual abuse issues, know it was more like it was a therapy for us to talk to each other, to open up and find healing. would. So basically, it's hard to grow up in our society where you're not defended, where you don't know if you can be protected, if you can be helped, you don't know if if you speak up, you don't know how people perceive you. Now it's even better because we become adults and we understand that this life is just full of wickedness. We learn to forgive we learn to heal i find comfort from god from the bible i pray about these things once the trauma starts once i start having um post-traumatic stress i begin to pray about it that god please help me forgive there are times i've seen these people and once they pass me i just feel anger in me and it took god's grace it took God to help me work on myself to forgive and there was one of them the one that um, the neighbor that abused me when I was 5 to 8 one time he came back from my only God knows where and then saw me and asked do you know me can you remember me <laughs> and the first thing that came to my head was yes I remember the person who molested me who abused me and took advantage of me yes I remember you it's hard to forget faces like this. And after talking to him that day, I'd seen him a couple of times and I'd passed him with forgiveness in my heart. The one that has been the hardest to forgive is the ones that lived in the same compound with me and the one that the ones that happened um, by my cousin. And it's it's been hard. But forgiveness has been good. You can still sit today and talk and laugh. And I have those things at the back of my mind. Sometimes I don't even remember them except somebody brings up a topic of child abuse or somebody asks me about my experience. Sometimes I don't want to talk about these things because I am still hot by the side effect. Even the side effect of me having to now be following I have I happen to be a volunteer like i i became open to um sexual activities with another female it was <laughs> that is one thing i hate to remember it's like i just switched my gender i just went against god's principle for me and i did something i'm I'm, I'm not supposed to do. At a young age, I I was exposed to things I don't like to remember. I was exposed to pornography, I was exposed to just... I don't, I don't even know how to explain how these things make me feel. But I'm happy that I have healed to some extent. I still get traumatized when I'm left alone with a guy in a room. No matter who the person is, until he gains my trust, it's hard for me to loosen up. I mean, I mean loosen up in the sense that it has for me to trust. So, if he's not my friend that I've trusted, if he's not my brother, I trust my brother, I trust some of my close friends, I trust my boyfriend, and I trust my dad. trust some of my uncles but if he's somebody that i don't trust the moment we're alone in a place or i'm left alone in a car with that person i begin to have images playback Yeah, so that's one thing i know i'm trying to work on and trying to also build my trust because i mean not all guys are the same there's so many reasonable loving guys in this life Yes, so I don't have to treat them like they were the ones that abused me. Yes, so thank you. And I think I'm glad I'm sharing this because this is also healing for me. It's really helping me heal very well. It, It took me time to think about wanting to share this, but I'm glad I've done this. I'm really glad. Thank you.
1: I'll task you all with this. What do you think is the best preventive method for child sexual abuse in a home? Send me a voice note on WhatsApp 80 275 and all injuries shall be heard on the series finale. The child sexual abuse series will end in the next two episodes with the series finale featuring a counseling psychologist and behavioral therapist who has worked with over 700 sexual abuse survivors. You don't want to miss that episode. Listen, subscribe, and share is all I want from my listeners week in, week out. Thank you for listening.
0: And that's it on Little Bits of Stuff for today. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Podcast. You can also get it on Audio Mac and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at LittleBitsOfStuff. That's L-I-L-B-I-T-S-O-F-S-T-U-F-F. And on Instagram at LittleBitsOfStuff. That's L-I-T-T-L-E bits of Stuff. Until next time, stay healthy.